What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right. How's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And And we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. (laughs) And this is the Behind the Gorilla podcast. Sorry, I was doing the intro for my other podcast. That's normally the way we do it for the Uncaped Crusaders review. Check that Mm. out wherever you find your wonderful podcast. But um, anyway, this is Behind the Gorilla, and we're back with an actual episode this week. Harris, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've had an actual research episode. It's been at least, what, two months, I think? At least the beginning of January. Whenever you did the yeah, ride back I feel episode. Like the last, yeah, the last one I remember doing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. That one, and then that there was, was, you know, the, the Christmas stuff we did, but that was yeah, it. Yeah, that was before, though. But you did a, the Ryback Mark Henry one is the last actual research topic that we did, which was ra- at least a month and a half ago. And then we did uh, we did our Royal Rumble recap, which ended up just being a rant on how much I hate Edge, but <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Look, there's something cathartic about hating something that much when it happens, and so that it's fine. Um, it makes for great content, dude. Don't even worry about it. Does it, though? Mm. Does it? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. The greatest content I feel like we've ever done, other than our David Arquette interview, because that's just by default, obviously, the greatest <laughs> thing we've ever done. And and the greatest thing we will ever do, um, since we were rejected with for an interview by RJ City, which I tried, but anyway, um, well, which hey, listen, what are we gonna hold that against? <laughs> no, no, Come on. no, not at all. But the fact that David Arquette did, and RJ City was like, you know what, I got too many interview requests. And it's like, you know what, that's fine, man, that's fine. I appreciate you responding to the DM. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the fact that we somehow got David Arquette on an actual phone for an hour still blows my mind. Like, even the fact that he follows us and everything, it's just, it still blows my mind. But, um, anyway, other than that, the the best podcast episode we've ever done is our random episode when I didn't have something prepared and we just recreated dramatic readings of the XFL write-ups. That's my favorite podcast (laughs) we've ever done still to this day. Like, that that is, that was awesome. I, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with that. But that has nothing to do with anything. I enjoyed ranting on Edge a couple weeks ago. But um, we have an actual episode this week. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. It's my first episode since the uh, the TNA Christmas uh, episode that we did back in December. So it's been a while for me. I'm not going to lie. And again, we're it's going to be slightly inconsistent because I'm in the, right in the throes of basketball and wrestling season. So it's kind of busy. But... You know, I bet the bullet took the two, three hours and did my research earlier today and we have an actual episode. But um, is there anything you want to talk about wrestling news wise, Harris? Not that I, it's hard to say because it's been so long. We usually do, yeah. you know, a bit of current events, a bit of a AEW recap because that's the only one we consistently watch. 
I've been working so much. I haven't been able to watch AEW the last two weeks, so I kind of know what's going on, but I've missed a lot of it. The only thing I know for sure that I feel like needs to be addressed is uh, it looks like Edge is going to challenge Roman Reigns. which Don't is care. Exactly don't care. Don't said. care. I don't even right. know. To be honest, till you just said that right now, I didn't even know. I don't. I don't. I don't right. care. Right. Well, that's well, that's the one thing that I was like, hey, that's <laughs> yeah, but that's not going to happen because that would just be a giant waste of time. And, and you know, they're doing it. I remember that distinctly. I went on like this five minute thing where I was yep. like, look. Normally, this would be a problem because he's taking the shine away from young talent, but I think he's going to do this. No, it's it's looking that way. So that's getting, you know, that that seems to be getting a little dumb. What else is going on in WWE? WWE, oh, I know you don't care about them that yeah, much, but I just think me, this Harris. is funny. They have somehow, for I think like the first time in 20 years, found a celebrity who is like actually popular, like peak popular. Right. But they got Pete Rose when Pete Rose was still playing baseball in the form of Bad Bunny, who is like actually a popular musician on a level that I can't think of like since. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm not a huge Bad Bunny fan. I but I never heard of him before until uh, the Booker T music video came out a few months ago. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. I don't listen to. Spanish speaking music, but cool. Right. Well, you know how I know who he is. And this is neither here nor there, but I just think it's funny. And you asked. So before COVID hit, part of our uh, our office, I guess you could call them perks, is, you know, the company had a um, had like, you know, a, a booth or a little a little suite at Phillips Arena or State Farm Arena. Now the basketball arena. And I still call it Phillips. Yeah, right. And it's meant for, yeah, you know, and it's meant for, hey, we have these so we can take clients so we can give tickets away, whatever. Right. But if they don't have anyone to give them away to, they will just send out an email to the firm and say, hey, we've got three tickets and a parking pass to this thing at State Farm Arena. Does anybody want them? And the first person to respond gets them, right? Never done that for wrestling, by the way. So I don't know if they just like if we have a client who's a big wrestling fan, a partner who's like a closet mark, or if they just don't buy tickets to certain events. I don't know. But one weekend they said, hey, we've got two tickets to the Bad Bunny concert and a parking pass if anyone wants them. And then like 30 seconds later, they were gone. And my buddy was furious because he's like, nobody at this firm listens to Bad Bunny, you know, because we're all very white tax accountants. Right. And he was mad. And then we figured out who it was because there's a manager who's from Puerto Rico and she's super into him. Ah. And that's all I knew about Bad Bunny. But I was like, all right, so he's clearly a pretty like young, cool, up and coming person because none of nobody here had ever heard of him. Right. And then two years later, he's in the Royal because Rumble. Because the, the, the accounting uh, department right. of a company is is the forefront of pop exactly. culture innovation. Well, right. So the fact that he came <laughs> along and nobody knew who he was and my friend was like, man, I really wanted those tickets. I was like, all right, so this guy must be like he's legit. And now he's in the Royal Rumble and they're probably going to angle for a celebrity match at WrestleMania. And like, good for them. Honestly, sure, I don't sure, I, sure, sure. I don't care. I'm not fired up about it, but I just think it's incredible after, you know, it's it's the 
Chrisley knows best family and it's Snooki and it's all these celebrities years after they were ever relevant. Right. It's cool that they finally just got one who was like, yeah, no, I'm in like the, the, like the top pop charts and I like wrestling. That's cool. I haven't seen anything like that actually mainstream cool since like Tyson. I feel like I can't, I'm hard pressed to think of another one where they got a celebrity on board who people who don't watch wrestling would like sit up and pay attention. Yeah, I guess I mean, that's Shaq, fair. I guess, in AEW right I mean, now. Gronk I mean, was big pretty one. big. Gronk was pretty big. He just bailed pretty quickly because right, he had to right. go but win even, another even, Super Bowl. But all those football guys, like Pat McAfee in NXT and stuff, like, there's there's some other. But, but no, but you're right. You're right. That is that is definitely an, an extra level of of celebrity. And that's why I don't, I, like, I don't care. Like I totally yeah. get it, man. I, I get the wrestling companies going after celebrities. Like I totally understand. Like I don't care. And to me, it's, you know, it's just dumb. Like I don't care about really the content, but I totally understand. Like, yeah, as long as you're not tainting part of your, you know, company from that, then I, I who cares? I mean, bad bunny comes out randomly in the middle of the Royal rumble and jumps on a couple people like that. Yeah. Who cares? Like that's that's fine. Like Shaq is gonna wrestle Cody in a tag match with Red Velvet and Jade. Sure, fine, whatever. Like you know, good for yeah. AEW. Like get some sort of whatever crossover. You know, do I care about it? No. Is it gonna be terrible? Yeah, but good for them. Like that that that's fine. So yeah, that's fair. Um, no, yeah. AEW's AEW's been good. Hey, uh, you know, that's the only wrestling thing that I watch every week. And I usually try and watch it live. Um, it's my one live thing that I usually watch now, especially because football is over. And, um, but, uh, no, it was good. Darby Allen wrestled Joey Janela for the TNT title last week as the opening match. And that was a lot of fun because Janela is awesome and Darby Allen is awesome. So they put on a great show and, uh, it's just nice seeing, cause again, Darby hadn't done anything till the Brian cage match a few weeks ago. Like, I don't even think he'd wrestled since he'd won the title, like maybe like once. And so it's kind of nice to see that again, where it's like, okay, now two weeks later, he's, he's challenging that, you know, he's defending the title again. Like that's, that's, I feel like what this title should be. Cause that's what Cody was doing every week. He was defending it literally like every week against some random person. And I feel like that's kind of what this title should be like the main title. You don't want to defend it every week, obviously like you want that spaced out and whatever, you know, you got to earn it. But with this TNT title, I like that a little bit more. So I hope they start doing that more with Darby. Cause it's fun. Um, but, uh, so that was really good. Um, and speaking of the AEW title, we had, uh, the big tag match with, um, Kenny and Kenta, wrestling moxley and lance archer in a big false count anywhere match kenta eight in uh, you know new japan guy wrestling in AEW for the first time you know full bore had the bullet club mm-hmm. shirt and everything and they're saying new japan and you know full cross promotion seemingly moxley came out with the in you know the u.s title the, the yeah. new japan u.s title and so that was a lot of fun the only thing that bugged me is i was like okay well obviously lance archer is getting pinned like just obviously Lance Archer is getting pinned. And so they did the thing where Lance Archer, oh, he looks like a freaking monster for, you know, a fourth of the match and then gets pinned. You're like, you knew that was coming, but I don't feel bad for him because Lance Archer got to wrestle in a match with Kenta, Kenny Omega, and John Moxley. So, you know, it's a win-win for everyone. But 
And, and of course, you know, Lance Archer literally got beat up by like six people to to take the pinfall because the good brothers interfered and everything, you know. So they oh, man. They, they tried to, prof- you know, protect him and everything. But I felt kind of bad because I was like, they're literally, I, as I was watching the match, they're making Lance Archer look like a million bucks. And I was like, okay, well, he's obviously taking the pinfall and they're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to soften that blow a little bit. It's just, it's funny when you've watched wrestling for so long, you just... Again, it's very hard to be surprised. It's just very hard to be surprised yeah. and and not just in wrestling, but in all media. When you yeah. when you're a big wrestling fan, it's just hard to be surprised. When I watch movies, it's hard for me to be truly shocked with stuff cuz you just get conditioned to cuz wrestling is the same thing. It it's the same thing as movies or TV. It's all the same with the way stuff happens so you just get conditioned for stuff but anyway um that was a lot of fun so it was another great aew show again i've I've seen maybe like one or two like meh aew shows in like the year and a mm-hmm. half they've been running like they're they're almost always at least good at like worst so uh you know they did a great thing with inner circle where sammy guevara quit because he had mm-hmm. a big mm-hmm. blowout with MJF again, which has just been so much. That's been so well done. It's been so well drawn out. Like the whole time you've been like, okay, well, Sam Guevara is clearly a baby face. Like everything about him should be a baby face with all of this. And uh, it, the way they've, they've slowly built things is just, it's very impressive. And so that's been, I think that's been done really well. I am. So I will say I'm I'm currently I have the episode pulled up and I'm just yeah. watching on mute while we talk. So I might interject occasionally sure, throughout sure. the show. The Darby match is great so far. He just yeah. did a spot where he tried to hit a coffin drop and he and Joe Janela countered it into a German suplex, which was really cool. Yeah. Anyway, I, I was just going to say the one thing that I heard about this week that made me say, oh, I need to watch that segment is when he quits. And walks out the babyface door. Yep. I oh, dude, that, that was awesome. Never, I love that moment. That device genuinely might be one of my favorite things that AEW has brought to wrestling it. because they never said it. Nope. It's all like you wouldn't even be surprised if they did it on accident. I don't think they did. I think they're smarter than that. But it's almost you could almost believe that just became a thing because like in kayfabe. It's not a thing, right? But everybody knows what it is, and everyone knows what that means. Yep. And that's such a great subtle moment that yep. as soon as I read that he did that, I was like, "Oh, I need to go watch that." Yeah, again, because that's I, some all-time great stuff right there. When I watch AEW, I'm look, I'm not nearly as active on the uh, behind the gorilla Twitter account as probably we should be, but. When I watch AEW, I, I tweet a couple of times usually, but again, not as much as I should because I actually like to watch the show and not mm-hmm. deal with Twitter as much. But that was one of the things I definitely tweeted because I was like, dude, that was awesome. Like, Because he just did the thing where he just kind of stood there, kind of looked up, and then just turned and walked into the other one. And you're just like, oh, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> so uh, that's been great. But um yeah, and then of course Thunder Rosa and Layla Hirsch had a match with that uh, women's world title uh, tournament, which again, it's one of those things you could look at it like, oh, they have nothing, they have no idea, so they're just tournament. And and yes, that's true, but also like tournament always works. It just yeah. does. It always works, even if it's like- oh, we don't have any ideas. Tournament, okay, I'm in. Like, cause it's fun. Yeah, so, well, uh, I also love that they're like, hey, half our roster, half our women's roster is just, I'm sorry, interchangeable Japanese wrestlers. Yeah. 
we'll just have a Japanese half of the bracket. Put them all over there. Like that's. Right. But it's a great, right. it's a great little subtle nod to like the uh, the the working with New Japan that they're trying to start doing too, and kind of expand the company. So yeah, I dig yeah. that, and I haven't I haven't followed the tournament closely, but well, it just started. Else, so it just okay, like if nothing else, it just puts the focus on different women. So now from week to week, you're like, okay, I saw what this person did last week. Now what are they doing this week? They have more than one storyline in the women's division, even if it's a lot of you know short tv matches that's right. fine but also all the japanese stuff is not happening on dynamite like on AEW tv apparently i think it's <laughs> happening on whatever those other shows are oh i thought you were i was really hoping this was going to be sort of like a uh pat patterson winning the intercontinental title <laughs> in a tournament in rio de janeiro or something <laughs> i was uh... really hoping I don't, I don't think like, so, but somebody just shows up in the finals and they're like, yes, it's me. I won the Japanese half of the tournament. That would be incredible. Now, look, I don't watch half those other shows, so I won't I wouldn't know. But <laughs> I don't think that's what's happening. But um, but uh, anyway, so, of course, we had Thunder Rosa wrestle, which is always, you know, always a highlight of the show. And that was. I like Layla Hirsch. I've liked her wrestling style. She's too. like she's like four foot nine or something and just built like a tank and just an yeah. actual wrestler. And I don't know. She's fun to watch. Now, polished, no. Uh very experienced, no. Botches in their match, yes. But overall, fun. And it was yeah. good. Because they're both hard hitting wrestlers, you know, they're both somewhat real style wrestlers with Thunder Rosa and Layla Hirsch. So they put on a hard hitting Hard hitting match and a couple spots didn't quite work, but for the most part, it was a lot of fun. And anything Thunder Rosa does is is a positive anyway, because she's the best women's yeah. wrestler I think in the entire planet as far as intriguing personality and wrestling skill. I think she's the most exciting woman to watch right now in the world. Um, so that was fun, and of course Thunder Rosa got the win. And um, but yeah, it was another great AEW show, man. It was. And this, yeah, it's just, it, it hasn't, it just doesn't fail, man. Every week you're just like, all right, when are they going to mess something up this week? Just watching WWE for the past 12 years. And uh, they just don't, man. They hit every week. Every week it hits. And at absolute worst, they have maybe a segment or two that just doesn't hit. But it's never a whole show. It's never a whole show. Can There's, I tell you my other, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're good. Can I tell you my other favorite thing that they've started doing the last yeah, few weeks? Yeah, the fact that, that Dolph Ziggler's brother is now wrestling for them. No, but that's hilarious <laughs> and really weird. I haven't watched any of his matches yet. But Dude, he's great. I like I, it. He's fun. Okay. Yeah. The Hollywood I kind of hope he man. becomes like. I hope he becomes like the Gilbert. Like he just becomes the make like the knock WWE guy. But no, I was gonna say the reporter who just won't stop following people. Alex Marvez. Is constantly yeah. Yeah, constantly invading their privacy. That's been a great running Dude, gag. That's such I haven't a great gotten sports, to the though, yet. thing. Like, because that's literally the way I, real sports or real news or whatever is. Well, right, but not to the point where it's this comedic to where he's like approaching Kenny Omega on the golf course asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> that's incredible. I'm a big fan of that. That's a nice little yeah. goofy, uh, goofy touch. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I like that too. That is fun. But uh, no, it's good, man. AEW's still hitting. They're still hitting. Um, I will say, though, they did do um, 
they did a big thing where it was like, oh, a Sting interview with Tony Schiavone, and he literally came out, and then immediately Taz and like Team Taz came up on the screen, and were like, hey, look at look at what we're doing to Darby, and literally put him in a body bag, zipped it up, and then drove away with the body bag attached to the back of the car, and are dragging Darby across the thing, and I'm like, dude. Like, look, I understand that's your thing, Darby, and you're, like, a big thing, but, like, you stop. Like, just, at some point, you're gonna die. Like, you're just, at some point, you're gonna, you're gonna kill yourself with all of these stunt things, and it's fun, and I enjoy it, too, but just be careful, man. Like, again, the, the comparisons are hilarious with Jeff Hardy, because it's so accurate, where you watch yeah. certain things Jeff Hardy does in some of his early matches. I mean, hell, even now. But some of his early matches, you're like, D- don't take that bump. Like, you didn't need to do that. Like, just, like, I love, I watched their, uh, well, I think it was the very first, the triangle ladder match at WrestleMania 17, I think. 16 or 17. And um, the yep. one in 99. And um, the, the first one. The first, like, triple threat one. And... I watched it with like Matt and Jeff were doing commentary for it. I don't remember if anyone else was there. And Matt, there was one one part where Jeff gets like thrown out of the ring instead of just, you know, falling to the ring normally, he like flips and like lands flat on his back on the out of the ring uh, outside of the ring and Matt's just like, "Why why did you do that? Like why are you doing stuff like that? Like it's unnecessary." <laughs> That's the way I feel about Darby with a lot of the stuff he does. Like, you know what, man? Did you really have to get zipped up in a body bag and dragged across a parking lot in a, you know, by a moving car? Did that really have to happen? But it's fun to watch. The body Yeah, the body bag stuff freaks me out I think more than Jeff Hardy cuz what Jeff Hardy's doing is dangerous, but like it requires him to have a high level of precision and control to land the right way. Right. Darby Allen can't do any of that when he's zipped up in a body bag. <laughs> Like that spot they did at the um the casino yeah. battle royal or whatever. It, yeah. it was just as bad for the same reason. Yep. I'm glad he's okay. I respect his ability to take crazy bumps. But the stuff where he literally can't see or control what he's doing. Right. That gives me the willies. Yeah, no, I know. I feel the same way. But 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 um, it reminded me something that you said, Harris, because Sting literally wasn't out there for more than a couple minutes. Like he didn't even do a full interview. And that was the end of the segment. When they drag Darby away. And then immediately they're like, next week Sting calls out Team Taz. And I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, what did we just do? Like, are we just every week Sting just comes out for three minutes and then that's the segment? So I'm not yes. going to lie. It, it it was the first time, because again, I've been okay with it up until this point. But that was the first time when I was like, okay, man. Like, come on. Like, I know we're, I know we've set up a match. So that has been set right. up. Like, you know, so right. at least we're moving to that at the next pay-per-view. It's the street fight tag match, but it was kind of like, come on, man. He just came out there for an interview. You didn't even do it in the next week. Oh, he's going to call out team. Well, what was he doing out there this week? So we'll never know. My right, favorite, right. Like, I so think that since was one of those angle moments. started, that's very funny. I think to me, like, I still like it. It's fine. Yeah. But me to too. me, this angle really jumped the shark. When, like, Team Taz ran away from Sting as soon as he made his entrance, like, four weeks in a row, and then added another member to their group and still has not even attempted to fight Sting <laughs> physically one time. Look, it's man, incredible. Sting's intimidating. Uh, obviously. He's an, he's an icon. 
Hey, listen, I know. I just think that's very funny. He's got a baseball bat, Harris. You can't just Boy, does he. you can't just attack him. Well, he also controls the weather. I figured that has that's true. He makes he, he can, make he can it summon snow snowstorms. Yeah, in Tampa, so or not Tampa, Jacksonville. <laughs> I figured it was more to do with that than anything else. But yeah, no, it's truly incredible that they're just like, nope, we don't want none of this. Oh man, no way. <laughs> yeah, but that, that that made me laugh when they came up with next week. Sting calls out. I was like, well, what what was he doing this week? So that was that that, that made me laugh because you had mentioned that a few weeks ago and we were mm-hmm. talking about it, and that that just made me laugh because like you know what, Harris is right. <laughs> it does keep happening. But uh, but anyway, that's been good. That's been oh fun. wait, okay. I remember the one other thing I want to talk about. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, we'll no, get no, to the topic good. after this. Adam freaking Hangman Page and the Dark Order <laughs> is incredible. And we didn't do an episode the week after this happened, but the segment where they're like, so what do you say, buddy? You going to join the Dark Order? And he's like, no, nah, guys, I work alone. And then they were like, hooray! And people started <laughs> marching out of the tunnel. And there was a big banner that said, he said yes! And balloons started falling. And they were like playing the triumphant marching music. And they had to run back up the tunnel and be like, no, get back! Get back in the tunnel! He said no! <laughs> that's one of my. That's one of the hardest I've ever laughed at a wrestling segment ever. That was just perfect. I loved it. Everyone go watch it. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was funny. And I love the, the fact that they're doing the thing where he's just like afraid of commitment type thing. Yes, but but he still wants great. to hang out with them. And they're like, nah, man, you, you said no. Like, go away. <laughs> yeah. And I think somebody, <laughs> and he's like, but I, I wanted to hang. And they're like, nah, you, you said yeah. no. That, that's really funny. It is. But it's also like it's a good character building like baby phase. But like, I think somebody pointed this out. I don't remember this for a fact, but I swear I'm not just making this up. I'm pretty sure after he did that, he walked out of the heel tunnel. I, and I heard some I people talking about that. And they were like, because he thinks he's the bad guy. And what a great character choice that is, too. And I love that they use those <laughs> tunnels for little storytelling notes like that. That was really, really cool. He's right. Good. It's funny right now. And it's fun. And you like him and you like the Dark Order. And it's like a will they, won't they. But he's also going to have like that's just really good, serious storytelling for him, too, because he thinks he's, you know, because right. he thinks he's the bad guy. And it's a real he wants to be a lone wolf. And it's really fun. I love that. I just wanted to talk about that once, even though it was, that was a few funny. weeks ago. I, I will say I'm a little disappointed with the Dark Order stuff just because they got their nuts cut off as a heel faction. Well, so now it's like. Now they're the goofy face something. It, it's like mm-hmm. I, I, I feel bad for him because obviously the Brody thing was terrible and came out of nowhere. And it, I feel like it really I mean, it made them popular, but I feel like it kind of cut their. It, it, I, I feel like it hurt them, obviously, overall. And I don't like to me, I don't care about this whole thing like I. It just kind of, it just, it's kind of annoying. Like part of it's funny, but it's mostly just kind of annoying. I get how John Silver's popular now, but mostly he just kind of annoys me. (laughs) And I miss when they were actually an, an intimidating heel faction. I'm kind of surprised they haven't made evil Uno the face of it again, because he was and was awesome Mm -hmm. as it. And him and Stu Grayson were like the Dark Order, and they haven't made them the new faces of it. And I'm I I don't really get what they're doing. I don't know why they haven't done that. Like 
huh. you already had the original guys. Why why are they not the guys anymore? I, I don't understand. I don't know what they're doing. Okay, can I be – this is super interesting, but I got to be honest with you. I kind of feel the complete opposite. I never – part of this is because like AEW likes to lean into factions anyway. Right, right. You've right. got like the Nightmare family and you've got – you know, uh, the team Taz and then the other Lance Archer and the inner other circle. manager and inner circle. Yeah, there's just there's a lot going on. And yep. with all that going on, you're like, all right, well, inner circle is the dominant heel faction. And you've got team Taz as like the mid card level heel faction. And they'll probably, you know, they have some title right. shots at some point. Well, and now Dark you have Order, the Kenny Omega and uh, right. that whole thing. Yeah, right, right, right. They're they're the, the dominant heel right. faction now. What did we say? The ammunition gang? Yeah, whatever they're calling themselves. Whatever the, the Bullet, Bullet Club, Club or the, the Bullet, Bullet Club. Club Reddit group, right. that, whatever John Moxley <laughs> called them. Right, but with all that going on, even as good as Brody Lee was, especially after Cody won the TNT title back from him, like I was never really that invested in the Dark Order because there was sure. so much other stuff going on. I think as this faction of like goofy oddball kind of lovable losers, that's a like that's a unique role that the company doesn't have anywhere else. I'm a lot more invested in them. And it, yeah, I mean, like it sucks that it took a real life tragedy and that's, you know, kind of the impetus for me rooting for the Dark Order now. But I think I, I get why you turn and face. And I got to be honest, I think I like them a lot more in this role. And I'm a lot more interested in them and Hangman Page together than I was Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. Like, I'm sure I'm OK with all this. I'm excited to see what happens next. And I do like it because I think it was just too crowded. There's too many heel factions. Maybe they can do something like that in the future. But they yeah. always struck me as a little goofy. And I yeah. think it's funny. I kind of like that they're leaning into that. And it's like. This is a this is a wild reach. But did you ever see the movie The Apple Dumpling Gang on Disney Plus oh or when you were a kid? I totally forgot about that. I haven't seen that probably since I was like nine. Ooh. Like, it, oh, Deep man, cut. I haven't even heard that in so long. I forgot all about that. <laughs> OK, Jeez, well, I'm really man, glad you have. That is a deep uh, cut. I'll let you disassociate for a second there. Sorry about that. But yeah, like. You know what they remind me of? They remind me of Theodore and Amos, of Don Knotts and that other, you know, guys, <laughs> two outlaws right. who are like criminals and they try to rob people. But they're mostly just lovable doofuses who would never actually hurt anybody and are too incompetent to actually pull off any crimes. Right. That's what these guys remind me of. And I didn't think about that until just now. But that's really what it is. They'll talk about like, oh, yeah, join the Dark Order led by Evil Uno. We're, you know, we're real creepy, but they're not. They're good guys. And I right. kind of like that. I don't know. We'll see where it I goes in the future. I, I kind of missed that I, 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 I missed the brainwashing when the Dark Order mm. was actually like a formidable group, like especially when they first started before yeah. even the Exalted One thing happened. Yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it for a while. Did Colt Cabana just bail? Or is he still a part of He's them? there. He's he, he's a okay. full part. Okay. Even though okay. they made a thing where he was never a full part, he just is. Yeah. Like, he's just there. It's like they skipped that step. It's like they, they put it okay. off for so long, that, and now he's, just, say, now he's just yeah. a part of it. And you're like, wait a minute. But he wasn't for so long, and now, we, now he just is. Like, they just skipped that part. Oh, that's... 
But that's uh, funny. I it, didn't it know is that. Pretty it would have been amazing. It's pretty funny because he's like wasn't... the older. He's like the older guy now in the mm-hmm. group. Like he's the oldest one. So he kind of he plays kind of that role of like the kind of out of touch, a little bit older <laughs> guy who's like boring everybody with a lot of his stuff. I don't know. It 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 works. It works. It's funny. I enjoy it. But um, anyway. All right. Um, hang on. Hang on just a second before we get into the topic. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. We're just going to keep all this in. We're going to edit this out. No, keep it all in. All right. Sweet. I'm watching. I'll vamp for you. I'm watching the highlights of last week's episode of Dynamite, which is now two weeks ago as you listen to this, of The Wedding, which I heard was terrible. I never went back and watched it live. I kind of want to now because I think you said this at the time, Mark. This is exactly the kind of terrible wrestling content that I would actually enjoy. I can't tell if that's true or not, just based on the highlights, but Orange Cassidy came out of the cake. How did they not think to check the cake? Can't trust the bakers in these wrestling weddings. Rusev is handcuffed to the uh, to the wrestling ring. That was smart. Orange Cassidy's drinking something. Miro's real mad. Okay, so the woman got her face smashed into a real cake. Orange Cassidy was hiding in a different cake. I don't know if that was the groom's cake. They looked like two different cakes, but they both looked like traditional wedding cakes. Eh, didn't seem that bad to me, but that was just the highlight package. So, eh. who's to say? <laughs> All right. Now we can get started. I'm, I was talking about what's happening on dynamite while you were gone and i didn't want to bring something else up and get us down another rabbit hole let's get into the topic all right well i guess i'll have to wait till i edit the podcast to know what you were talking about but um all right anyway time to get into an actual topic for this week again the first time in a while it's been a while since we've had an actual topic and it's been even longer since i've brought an actual topic to uh to the table but this is one i started working on probably three months ago and uh just didn't finish and then anyway so i've been i've been working on it for a while and now we are and now we're here so anyway you know where we're going harris we're going to the year 1998 okay okay and the company of wcw now i i just want to pause real quick you know, we we obviously have a patron saint of the podcast, and that's our our Lord and Savior, David Arquette. I mean, he is he is the patron saint of behind the gorilla. Always will be on the logo and everything. Um, and uh, we've we've talked about who would be on our Mount Rushmore of patron saints before. Like obviously Scott Steiner would be yep. up there. Um, shoot, who 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 did we? Uh, who who are some of the others that we've? I'm, incl- we've I'm about inclined a lot. to think Buff Bagwell, but, but yeah, that's it's fair. A, that's it's fair. A borderline case. We we we've talked about him at least two or three times uh, yeah. on the show for sure. And um, is, who who else have we talked about? There's got to be more. Steiner is the other big one that always sure. comes to mind. To be honest. But anyway, Harris. Regardless of whoever it is, I feel like we. I, oh, I, it's, I feel, it's Sid Vicious. I think surely. That's yeah. That's got to be fair, but. <laughs> I think I have come to the conclusion that there's another person we've been leaving out of this conversation because we've talked about him several times at this point, and he's the focus of the podcast today, and that is, of course, 
Chavo Guerrero, a.k.a. Chavo Guerrero Jr. Now, at this point, Harris, we've talked about him quite a number of times on the podcast. And I feel like with this one, it might cement him as someone who needs to be considered as a top Mount Rushmore of our show. Because obviously, we've talked about him as Kerwin White when he pretended to be a white guy. Basically, just straight out of a David Chappelle uh, sketch. Except not funny. <laughs> Look, no, it was funny, but <laughs> un- unintentionally funny. Yeah. And uh, we- we've talked about him with the uh, the Misfits in Action when he was a part of that. He was Lieutenant Loco, you know. <laughs> ha- have we talked about him before then? Uh, has yeah. there been any other ones? I'm not I sure. I feel like he's come up a lot. He's he's You're right. He's the kind of guy who's been around for so long and right. has always been kind of on that place in the card. That he gets given all of this stuff, unfortunately for him. Yeah, well, this is just another example of that, and this is the first example of that. So, Chavo Guerrero had been in WCW for a couple of years now. I think he came in the company sometime in 96. So, this is 98, and he'd been there for a little while. And and at this point, he is kind of teaming up with his uncle, you know, of course, Eddie Guerrero. And, uh, and you know, it started off well. But but eventually it it became kind of an abusive relationship, Harris. It was, you know, Eddie kind of he would force Chavo to cheat to win matches, even though Chavo didn't want to. He he would just constantly degrade him, and he would even help opponents beat him sometimes and just actively cheer against him. Like it, it wasn't a great spot. So eventually, around June of '98, Chavo kind of he started to go kind of crazy. He started to kind of snap a little bit. So at the Great American Bash of 1998, Chavo, well, he beat Eddie in a uh, in a singles match. He actually beat him just straight up. Actually beat Eddie Guerrero, and uh, this just kind of furthered though. This didn't help Chavo. It it kind of made him worse, to be honest. Just even crazier. And he started just coming out and distracting Eddie in all of his matches, just causing him to go on a big losing streak. Like, Eddie would just be in a match, and he'd just randomly come out with a microphone and just be like, Hey, Eddie, how's it going? You know, how you doing there, man? You know, it's all good. You'll be fine. <laughs> like, okay. Like, Hang you on. know, so, like a, a very patronizing thing of like, I beat you. Mm, so, you know, you're, mm, you, you'll get back on your horse, man. Like that kind of thing. Can I say at least like the distracting someone so they lose is one of the tropes in wrestling that you get tired of i would say the quickest you talk about never being surprised watching wrestling but at least he's going to the trouble of like yelling at him yeah and and to be honest he's trying trying to encourage him during these things he's he's trying to say encouraging things it just never works one of my least favorite tropes in wrestling there's some you know we could make a list of our 10 favorite wrestling tropes but my least favorite i think is the stupid baby face who sees someone at ringside that shouldn't be at ringside and goes, what are you doing? And then gets rolled up. <laughs> right. So at least this isn't that. I, I, it's, it's early close, in the topic, though. but I'll give them credit for that. They've at least let Chavo go out there and yell at him, but in a way right. where he can be like, no, man, I just wanted to support you. Wink. And, like, that's yeah. good. And he's coming out with like a shirt that says like, Eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, like he's, Okay. It's you know, he he's he's nuts. That's the whole point. Like he's literally he he's pretty crazy. But um okay. anyway, so on the June 29th episode of Nitro, his his craziest went a step even further, Harris, because Eddie was in the middle of a match, and like usual, here comes Eddie out with a microphone to the ring, but this time 
He's riding a horse. Now, no, 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 no. Not like Hangman. Uh, a wooden hobby horse. Great. <laughs> that he called Pepe. Sure. This, of course, distracted Eddie, and he lost the match. Because, you know, that's naturally. That would distract okay. anyone. If some yeah, random, again, if a grown man came yeah. out with a microphone yelling and riding a hobby horse, you would be distracted too. Like, let's just be honest. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I, I am. I'm already on board. That's actually distracting. This is, again, this is not just him approaching ringside and any girl going, what, and getting beaten. This is, this is bizarre. Like, yep. fair play to him, Eddie. I would have lost that match, too. <laughs> so, uh, the next episode of Thunder, though, Chavo comes to the ring, but he doesn't come with a hobby horse. This time he comes, this is one of my favorite things, this time he comes with a cardboard box. With Acme Eddie Trap written on it in Sharpie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and and a stick with a string tied to it. And a burrito to use as bait. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I'm not done. And a toy bow and arrow. And he says he's hunting Eddie's. So he sets up the trap, you know, the cardboard box with the stick mm. under it uh -huh. that you've seen in every cartoon from the 30s. Yep. And <laughs> and then he hides on the other side of the ring, holding onto the string and the bow and arrow. So Eddie comes to the ring thoroughly confused and <laughs> just walks in, looks at this trap and then just tugs on the string. So Chavo then pulls the trap down, springs up, super excited to go after the box, thinking he's just caught Eddie. So he looks in the box, he's not there, and then Eddie just jumps out from the other side of the ring and beats the tar out of him. <laughs> it's one of the best wrestling segments I've ever seen. Like, it is the stupidest thing. It's the dumbest thing, Harris, but it's great. It's just, it's, it's that it crosses that line of just stupid yep. to where it's just hilarious. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's awesome. It is awesome. And, and props to Chavo, man, because he's just going all out. Like, that's, that's the thing that makes it work is he's just, he is fully committed and just going for this. And, so, and Eddie too, of course, Eddie, cause right. Eddie's playing the straight man basically in this whole sketch and it's, it, it, it works. It, it's, it's great. It's wonderful. The, the escalation here is so impressive. I don't know if they capture this on television, but the way you describe it, cause he's like, he's frustrated and then he starts to get a little unhinged and then he starts causing Eddie to lose. And then he's yelling at him, and then he comes out on a horse. Like, it's really, it, it escalates perfectly. Yep. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the whole point. So this would, of course, lead to another match between the two at the next pay-per-view, Bash at the Beach. Uh-huh. And yep. this time, it, the stakes have been raised. This time, it's a hair-versus-hair match. Okay. And, uh, and, and, of course, Eddie wins. And, and this just causes Chavo to snap, and he just starts shaving his own head in the middle of the ring. Just with with the with the clippers, just not uh -huh. even letting Eddie do it, just doing it himself and just, you know, he's he's a maniac at this point. Sure. So now we're into July. And so it, this is the July 13th episode of uh, of Monday Nitro. And um, Eddie is wrestling Steve McMichael. And now at this point, Harris, Steve McMichael is is one of the members of the four horsemen. 
And uh, once again, though, Eddie comes out, and this time he's back on the horse. He's back on Pepe with a cowboy hat. Of course, he has a shaved head at this point. But uh, he comes back out on, on, on the hobby horse. Now, now I just need to pause for a second. Now, because again, when Chavo originally came out with Pepe a few weeks before when we talked about, it, it, it was just a one-off at that point. Like, apparently, this is what happened. Uh, according to Chavo, he was at Eddie's house just hanging out, and the show was in Tampa, and that's where Eddie lived. So he was just hanging out at Eddie's house, and he saw his kids playing with this, like, stick horse. And, and his whole thing at this point was he'd been doing crazy things. You know, it'd been kind of ramping up. So he was like, oh, that'd be funny. If I just came out on this horse, why not? Because I'm just having fun yeah. at this point. And it's WCW and we can do whatever, whatever we want. But then the next week when he didn't have it, because it was a one-off, he saw signs for it. And like fans cheering for it and stuff. <laughs> and like other people were there and like, oh, where's the horse? And he's like, oh, I guess I need to keep doing that. So he basically ribbed himself into using the horse because it got over. That's peak wrestling fandom, by the way, is we yeah. will make a sign or a chant or a t-shirt out of anything. Yeah, if it was nowadays, there would definitely be a shirt about it. But this was, you know, the late 90s, so it was a little different. The, but um, Here's the trick. The trick is to let the fans decide what the dumb thing is and yep. not try to force the dumb thing. Yep. And Can I tell you... WWE still th- needs to learn that, but yes. This is a little unrelated, but th- this is what it makes me think of. Yes, because it's a WWE story. When I was just getting into wrestling, like super, super early, like 2014... Like on Daniel Bryan's road to WrestleMania, I found a WWE documentary where they talked about the history of his feud with The Rock. And I was so new to wrestling at the time that I didn't even realize that they wouldn't show me the match. I would have to pay for the network to see that. So I watched like an hour long promo package, essentially. (laughs) And then they were like, and then the match happened. Then it was great. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) But I remember. This is going to you're going to this is going to crack you up because it's so stupid in retrospect. But there was a moment in that first promo, like in the first feud for the first match at the first time they fought at WrestleMania. Who? Wait, who are you talking about? The Rock? And the who? Rock and John Cena. Okay, yeah. The gotcha. Rock was like, look at you, John, with your dumb T-shirt and your dumb hat. Yeah, you look like I a big bowl of Fruity Pebbles in I, the ring. I really don't want right? to relive that feud, but sure. Yeah. And. You know, he's, they're talking about him cutting that promo and making fun of John Cena. And John Cena was like, well, and then the Fruity Pebbles deal happened because they called us. And I was like, well, sure, I'll lean into this. And then it shows him on like an actual box of Fruity Pebbles. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's funny. They took the Rock's throwaway line and, you know, they turned it into a real thing. And it was probably like three years later that I realized, no, they wrote that because they already had a deal with Fruity Pebbles. And that was just their excuse <laughs> to promote it. Like years of my life passed, Mark. And then I was like, wait a minute. That was just corporate synergy. Oh, no. <laughs> they got you. <laughs> they did. They did. They worked me. So I've never – all that to say, I've never fallen for that ever since. And I can tell when you're working me. Don't work me, man. Just let me make the Pepe the Horse sign on my own. That's all I ask. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, so apparently that happened. So now he's like, oh, shoot, I guess I better use this horse again. So that's why he's coming out with it again now, like two weeks later. And um, so anyway, he uh, he came out with the Eddie and, and Mongo match. And um, 
And Eddie's just, he's kind of fed, he's fed up at this point. So he just, Eddie just drop kicks the crap out of Chavo and then just leaves. Like he just leaves the match mid match and Mongo just starts beating up Chavo because he's come in the ring and Eddie gets counted out and loses, but he doesn't even care. He's just like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm drop kicking Chavo and leaving and then letting Mongo beat him up. So it's, it, it's pretty funny. And this would just go on for the next several weeks, like Nitro, Thunder, whatever. For the next, like, three, four weeks, Chavo's just coming out during every Eddie match and just distracting him. Now, it doesn't always lead to Eddie losses. Sometimes he wins, but usually, usually it leads to Eddie losing. And he also comes out, he usually comes out representing whoever the opponent is. Like, there was a match Mm -hmm. with Conan, and he came out, like, dressed in, like, flannels and with, like, a bandana and just talking like Conan the whole time. So, sometimes that was a part of it, but again, not every time. It's a very inconsistent angle. Like, when Eddie, when uh, Chavo says, yeah, I just did this without even the approval of WCW, I just came out with a horse, <laughs> you you believe it, because you're like, yeah, the, there's no consistency here, really, with what's going on. It's just the horse. That's the consistency. But, um, so this would keep happening. Eventually, though, you would think it would kind of just... You know, something would, there would be an end to this, but there's not. It just kind of <laughs> ends. Like, there's not, like, another yeah. match after the Batch of the Beach one. It just, it's kind of just over. And now Chavo's <laughs> feuding with Stevie Ray for the TV title. Just, okay, okay no. for, like, two weeks. Yeah. And then he loses at Road Wild in a squash match, and then that feud's over. Mm. And, and then that's just kind of the way it would go on for the next few months. Um, mm. he would just, he would continue to wrestle most weeks on TV. He always used the, the horse Pepe and he pretty much always lost. And, um, but so we're going to skip ahead cause this would go on for a few months. Cause again, this is like August at this point, can, we're going to okay, skip all the way ahead to December. Time? So go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Just one last thing. You can kind of tell that WCW creative didn't really have their hands in this because if they did, it would have ended with a burrito on a pole match between him and Eddie, which (laughs) to be fair, this is before Vince Russo. This is pre Vince Russo. So maybe not, but eventually not. Yes. No, you are. You are correct. If if this is, if this is held on for a couple of years longer and we were in the early parts of the year 2000. Yes. This would have definitely led to a Pepe on a pole match. That's uh, that's for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, let's keep going. Let's get to August. But anyway, so we're going to skip all the way ahead to December now. Um, because we got to talk about a truly great feud. This, this, this is the truly great thing to come out of this this whole thing. And this was the uh, the main impetus of this um, this topic. So, Harris, are, are you familiar with the wrestler Norman Smiley? I know the name, not much else about him. Is he a trainer now? I feel like he yes. might have helped train Sasha Banks or yes. Bailey, one of those he, two. He's a big time NXT okay. trainer now and has been for several okay. years. He was one of those guys like that was like a lower card wrestler who was like amazing in the ring, but but never really got pushed, never kind of had that extra character. Basically like mm-hmm. most of the trainers in WWE or AEW yeah. or whatever, um, you know, you know, because you have like the Dean Malenko's and the Fit Finleys, and he, he's like one of those, but almost even lower than those guys as far as popularity goes. But but yeah, he's been a trainer for a long time now in WWE. Well, um, 
but but he had several different strange quirks throughout his career. One of the things is he was screaming Norman Smiley, where he would lit- his matches he would literally just scream the whole time, just <laughs> randomly. He would just scream, just bah! Bah! just all the time. Oh, I thought you meant like incessantly, like the bell rings and he just goes. <gasps> It just doesn't stop. No, no, not bent. quite. But That's basically, whenever too. like moves would happen, he would just constantly be screaming. So that that was a character for a while. Um, but this is kind of before that, I think. So, um, anyways, he 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 was booked to wrestle Chavo Guerrero on a mat on an episode of Nitro. This was uh, in late December. Now, of course, Chavo still has Pepe at the time. And so you can see kind of how this would work well, because Norman Smiley was kind of already a little bit of a goofy character, even though this was before the screaming thing. But he was still kind of a goofy character, and he was a heel. And Chavo was a baby face, but, you know, he had a hobby horse that he would ride around the ring and stuff. So it seemed to work, because they were both kind of fan favorites, you know, in that, like, weird mid-card goofy way. Harris, yeah. where like, yeah. oh, this guy has a hobby horse. We like him. You know, that type of thing. Like, that that's a big internet wrestling thing now. They, they were both kind of like those type of individuals. So when they were paired together, it just kind of worked. Like, it, it it just did. It worked. And um, so they had a match on Nitro. And you, you can see how this would, you know, fit together. And uh, both of these guys, you know, so before the match, they just randomly have a pose off where they just start posing like Hulk Hogan type thing. And um, at this point, Norman Smiley was like a, he was more of a submission specialist. But one thing he would do was he would do this dance in the ring. And Harris, have you ever heard the, of the big wiggle? I haven't heard of it. I okay. might know it if I saw it, but I, I don't know if it. you even would, but it, it's basically, he would do this dance where, I don't even know how to describe it. Like you would, you would know it if you saw it, but you know, where you like, okay, hang on. He shakes his hips and is like spanking the other person, like that type of dance where he would do just in the middle of the ring. And uh, this name just was basically coined by like Bobby, the brain Heenan randomly. He just called it that one episode of nitro and Tony Schiavone. Everyone is like, you know what? That's what it is from now on. We're calling it the Big Wiggle. <laughs> okay, hang on. I have to see this. Sure, Google sure. This real quick. If you type in Big Wiggle, you just get a bunch of Australian men in colorful no, shirts. You, okay, Norman you Smiley. Type in Norman Smiley. Yeah, big you got to specify Norman Smiley. Okay, uh, Big Wiggle, Norman Smiley. Ten seconds. Let's see here. Some interesting music what? there. What? What? <laughs> That's it. I have no That's idea it? what you watched, so I I don't I don't know. I'll watch it. I'll I'll watch one more time. I'll watch a different one just to be sure. But keep keep going. Pretty anyway. Sure Let's see. Um. Wow. Yeah, that's nothing. That's just. <laughs> yeah, it's just this weird it. little dance like spanking dance thing that he would just do in the ring like that. That's literally all it was. Yeah. If y'all haven't gotten a chance to look it up for yourself, like calling it the big wiggle seems to imply that it's something like the worm where it's a high level of like coordination and impressiveness. And it's not, no, it's just this awkward guy 
if you told like the man at the booth next to you at Burger King to get up and do a little dance, he might do something like this. That's all it <laughs> right. is. Right. Right. But but Harris, this was over. Like this this was huge. <laughs> this got huge reactions, as you can imagine, from from a wrestling crowd. So, you know, of course, at some point this would happen, and the crowd goes nuts. And uh, anyway, the ma- it's a good match, good technique. Because again, these are both great workers in the ring, Norman Smiley and, and Chavo Guerrero. And um, but but Smiley ends up getting the win. He gets the submission win. He he did this like cool, you know, this like cross face chicken wing type move. That was his big submission move, and he gets the win. And uh, the the match was it was a good match. It was like ten, you know, t- over ten minutes long, and and the crowd was into it. Of course, at that point, the crowd was pretty much into anything in WCW. From like 1996 through like 1999, the crowd is pretty much always hot. But um, so so this had to continue. This had to continue. They had some here. So the next week, this is the first Nitro of 1999 at this point, and uh, they would have another match, another really good one, good uh, technical match. And the crowd's really into it. And you have Chavo just riding his horse around the ring. Now now Chavo would literally ride it around the ring during the match. Because he would come out and, like, put it in, like, the turnbuckle. And then at some point in the match, he would just pull out Pepe and just start riding him around the ring. So, you know, of course that had to happen. And you have Norman Smiley doing his big wiggle at some point. And what what more could you ask for from a professional wrestling match, Harris? Like, in all honesty, you have a guy riding a hobby horse around the ring and a guy doing, like, the sexual dance. Like, there's, there's nothing more you could ask for, if we're really being honest. And, uh... This time, though, Chavo gets the win, and he gets kind of a quick roll-up, catching him off guard, and, and of course, it's typical 50-50 booking where Norman Smiley just beats him up afterwards, but that's fair because Norman Smiley actually wins matches, and Chavo really doesn't, so, you know, that's that's fair. And um, and <laughs> he doesn't just beat him up, though, Harris, he beats him up with Pepe. Like, he literally takes the whole hobby horse and just beats the crap out of Chavo with with the horse. Like, it's so much so that the head just flies off of Pepe. Like, off off the stick. And he's just beating him up with the stick. Now, this is not weird, though. This would happen all the time. Like, this happened... Again, because, again, he's had the horse for months now. So, of course, yeah. people have used the horse to beat him with. Like, to beat I him. I was going to say, it feels like it was only a matter of time. Yeah, no, this sure. has happened a lot. And, and a lot of times, the head flies off the horse at some point. Like, th- 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 this is not new at this point. But the funny part is, whenever the horse would get broken, the next week, Chava would come out and the horse would be, like, bandaged up. Like, it would have, like, a <laughs> neck brace on and bandages on its forehead and stuff like that because it got hurt. So it was, it was being mended back together. That's very good. And uh, so on Thunder, the next Thunder, Chavo is wrestling Disco Inferno. But, of course, Norman Smiley comes out again grabs the horse and just starts riding it you know he just he's doing his big wiggle on the horse and uh you know chavo takes you know he takes exception to this and it of course leads to him losing the match so of course we have to continue the feud between these two so on the january 11th episode of nitro this time harris it's pepe's birthday yay so Travo comes out, and of course there's a table out, and there's a cake for Pepe. And Mean Gene is there to interview him. Because we're going all out for this segment. 
And uh, Chavo says that Pepe has had a hard time lately. You know, he's been getting beat up a lot and literally getting the stuffing kicked out of him. So, <laughs> so he wants to do something nice for his birthday. Now, Mean Gene asks, well, what do you do for a horse's birthday? And Chavo says, what, what does anyone do for a birthday? You sing happy birthday. So Mean Gene says, of course, and all these people I'm sure would love to join in. So Chavo and Mean Gene start singing happy birthday to Pepe. And the whole crowd, of course, is more than eager to join in. But before the song ends, here comes Norman Smiley to ruin the moment. And he says that he's he's hurts, Harris. He He's offended that he wasn't invited to this birthday party. Now, as I can tell, Harris, there's only two people at this party, and it's Chavo and Mean Gene. But apparently invita- invitations were a thing, and Norman Smiley is mad that he wasn't invited. So, but he says, though, that he's, you know, that he wants to he wants to make amends and, and get back on the right track with Chavo. But you know what this leads to? It leads to him immediately clotheslining him and shoving his, his face into the cake. Because what else is there a cake in a wrestling segment for? Has there ever been a cake, Harris, one time in a wrestling segment that someone's face wasn't shoved into it? If there was, I really would like to f- to know about it. Because I don't no, know. No, either, either somebody gets shoved into or comes out of it. Right. It's only it's one, one of It's one or the other. Or both. You know, either one. But anyway, he also, of course, steals Pepe and just takes off with, with the mm-hmm. horse. Yep. So Chavo tries to give chase, you know, but he's kind of beat up and has cake all over him. But he's he's giving chase. Now, uh, Norman Smiley is just backstage running away with the horse and he's he's riding the horse away, of course, as, as Chavo's chasing him. And he goes all the way out of the building and into the parking lot. Now, mm-hmm. Harris, what would you guess is waiting in the parking lot? Uh I, I don't know, an actual horse, a, a thing to put the horse in. Like, you know, when you carry a horse behind you, a trailer, one of those. I don't know. That's right, Harris. A wood chipper. That's what's waiting for him. <laughs> of course. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> so so Norman goes around back and just shoves Pepe right into the wood chipper and just destroys uh, the horse, much to the horror of Chavo, who is just covered in cake and just sitting there crying. And, um, you know, it just goes straight through the wood chipper and you just see the debris just come shooting out of the end. And, uh, you know, so this, this now, look, this was a very interesting episode of Nitro, I think, to say the least, because <laughs> at this point in time, you know how Harris, a lot of times we have convergences with other past topics with uh-huh. certain shows. Well, this is one of those, because at this point. One, Eric Bischoff had lost his, his uh, power in WCW, so he, at this point, was regulated to someone who puts up the ring, like just a regular worker, so that was going on. Now, we haven't done a topic on that yet, but that might be coming in the future at some point. But also, Saturn, the whole Saturn wearing a dress thing was happening at this point, too. So there was a great line of Tony Schiavone as they came back out of the break after um, Pepe got thrown to the wood chipper where this is the quote from Tony Schiavone. Well, Eric Bischoff is putting up the ring. We've tried to put a dress on Saturn. 
We've sung happy birthday to a stick horse and destroyed him. What's next? <laughs> All time great line. My goodness. Oh, that, that was great. That was awesome. That's incredible, too, because this isn't even when WCW was like circling the drain. Right. This is early 99. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like this is a pretty solid wrestling yep. product. And it's it still is. one of those beautiful moments where an announcer just looks at themselves and says, what are we doing? Why do I do this? <laughs> like, what are we what are we doing here? What in the wide, wide world Which of sports is going on? Nobody here? in history has ever been better at that than Tony Schiavone. Nobody. And it, there's not even I would a argue close nobody. second. I would. You're right. I would argue nobody has. Nobody else has had more opportunities either. Right. To right. Be fair. <laughs> that's very true. I don't know. Jr. is pretty close. Like especially yeah, in the Attitude true. Era, man. It's like it yeah. was fifty fifty. To be yeah. honest, forty sixty. If we're talking good to just absolutely bonkers insane. But um, Tony's just the best, man. I I love Tony Schiavone so much. He's so. In, oh man, I, I almost love Tony Schiavone more. In like the late WCW era when everything was stupid than even when everything was good. Absolutely. Because he just – he never failed, man. He never broke. He always tried. Exactly. H- him and Mean Gene, man. Those He's... are the two where they always exactly. tried. No matter how stupid it was going, like they were out there trying their best to sell whatever it was. Mean Gene maybe even more so than Tony where – I think Mean Gene is the funniest one because you see him and you're like – you interviewed Andre the Giant, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you interviewing a guy with a hobby horse on his exactly. birthday? Like, it's just exactly. It's, oh, it's, it's incredible. The it's best. incredible. But uh, so, of course, Harris, you know what this leads to. It, it naturally leads to a pay-per-view mid-card blow-off match between between Norman Smiley and Chavo Guerrero at Sold Out 1999. They're, they're going to duke it out. So Norman comes to the ring first. Now, Harris, he doesn't come to the ring empty-handed. He comes to the ring with an urn. (laughs) Yes, there's an urn with the remains of Pepe, presumably, in it. Now, Pepe was not burnt, Harris. He was thrown into a wood chipper and spit out all over the parking lot. So so this means Norman literally went out and had to sweep up the debris of Pepe yep. after Nitro and put it in this urn. It, you know, in kayfabe, that's that's what that's what has to have happened. Um mm-hmm. Chavo, of course, comes out. He's furious, and he just comes right to the ring, and the match match begins. And it, again, like the previous two matches, it's another really solid match between these guys. But eventually Norman shakes off. Uh, Chavo attempt at the Tornado DDT, which at the time was his finishing move, and goes into the corner, grabs the urn with the ashes of Pepe, and just throws, or I guess wood shavings, I guess technically, and and throws them into Chavo's face. And this, of course, helps him lock, lock in the chicken wing submission, and, and he gets the win. Now, this would end the uh, the feud between these two, and it ends the story of Chavo and Pepe, it mm. really wouldn't be mentioned again, ever. The only time it was mentioned is like three weeks. Chavo wasn't even on a show for like the next like two and a half weeks, and then he was finally on a Thunder, and he's just randomly teaming with Kidman now. And Bobby the Brain just has a random line of, "Oh, Chavo's coming out with another horse." Oh wait, no, it's Kidman. 
And that's that's like the only line again. And it's never mentioned, as far as I could tell again, uh. Chavo and his hobby horse. And so thus ends the story of Chavo and Pepe. And again, I think this is fair that we need to put Chavo Guerrero now on our Mount Rushmore of uh, of patron saints of of BTG. Because at this point, we've had him at least three times. All with pretty impressive angles, each one. And so I, I, th- I think this is, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think Chavo's it's... up there with the Scott Steiners and, and the David Arquettes for our show. That's, listen, that, I, I think he's certainly earned it. That man's put up with a lot. You know, it's just, it's refreshing to see in a world where, you know, in, in fiction and pop culture, death is cheapened and you see characters come back from the dead all the time. It's nice to see that Pepe had the decency to just stay dead because it really would have ruined all of my emotion, you know, my, my suspension of disbelief. Right. If he had come back after that. I mean, sure. dead is dead. That's that's fair. A tragic ending, to be sure. But. Oh, man. Oh man, but I've been uh, yeah, I've been sitting on that one for a while, and the the biggest hangup was was quality episode. I tried a while, like I tried probably a couple months ago when I really started to do research on it, and I could not find the origin episode. Like I couldn't find it anywhere. Mm. Like the first time he came up with the horse. So this time earlier today, when I was going through it, I finally found it. I finally found the nitro. That was like the very first time. Because, again, like, there was a delay. Like, he came out with – then he didn't come out with it again for a couple of weeks because it wasn't initially going to be a thing. So right. it was hard It was hard to find. And But but I found that's it. Good. I found it. So that's where we were um, – that's where we are. And that that's how I was able to finish the episode. But, um, yeah, this is one I've known about for a while, and it's been on the list for, for a while. And I was like, oh, man, Java Guerrero with a hobby horse. That – there's ever been a behind-the-gorilla topic. That That's it. <laughs> And it ends with it being shoved yeah, through a wood good. chipper. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> yep. Amazing. Uh, but I had fun. I had fun with that. Yeah, and, it was a good uh, one. It's refreshing to have an actual topic again. That's for sure. Again, not sure how. <laughs> I'm not sure how consistent it's going to be because Harris has tax crap coming up, and I'm right in the middle of basketball and wrestling season, so it's a little bit busier than we had earlier. But. The goal is to do it as much as possible. So here we are. When we and we got it done. When um when the network migrates to Peacock, we're just gonna pretend we've lost it completely and do an episode on the office. Jeez, that's gonna be like, so Yeah, weird. this was a match between Dwight Schrute and yeah. Andy Dwyer. I don't even know what's gonna happen with that, man. I'm still confused. I don't I I've heard about that too, and I don't even know what that means right now. Like I just don't know. I, I don't mean, know what that's gonna even theoretically look like. It's not going to be – well, it, like theoretically, I don't remember if we talked about this or not. Like it'll be cool because we'll pay – I'll pay the same 10 bucks a month, but I'll get way more. You know, I can watch like the wrestling – or wow, The Office. I can watch the wrestling. I can also watch The Office. <laughs> I and can watch Parks the and wrestling Rec. and The Office. I can watch the wrestling <laughs> and Parks and Rec and all that other stuff for the same price. There's right. no way – like somebody pointed this out immediately. They were like, if I want to search for a faction of jobbers from 1997 – I can search that in the WWE network and right. find the matches of every person that was ever in that faction. Right. There's no way Peacock has any of that integrated. So our job is probably about to get a lot, not a lot, a little bit harder. Yeah, that's what I'm but worried it'll about. All, theoretically, it'll all be there and it'll just be 
you know, slightly worse interface, that that's probably what it'll look like. I I don't want any worse interface, man. It already takes long enough to find stuff. So. Oh, I know. Listen, I I know. It is what it is. Yeah, we'll see. When is that supposed to happen? Do you know? Before WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure WrestleMania is meant to be on Peacock, so it'll probably Mm. be within like a month or two. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like, but we'll we'll, we'll find out. Find out at some point. Mm. Again, I never use the WWE Network ever, except for podcast topics, because I don't watch WWE, so... That'll be interesting, but um, anyway, do we have anything else to add, Harris? Anything else to add? No, I think I'm good. I've gotten to the main event now in this episode of Dynamite. I, I love the cleaner girls so much. That's one of the dumbest <laughs> things in wrestling right now. I, I, I love really the fact enjoy. that they come out of the babyface tunnel, too. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's that always makes point. me laugh. They come out of the babyface tunnel, and then Kenny Omega comes out of the heel tunnel. Now I like that a lot. I just because why love would the, why would the cheer, why would the Jacksonville Jaguars cheerleaders be heels? They're they're not. We all love them. I just <laughs> I want an interview with them, and not from like a wrestling publication where they're like in on the joke. I want right. somebody in the industry to be like, what do you think about when you're. Like, there's no way these women have watched a minute of pro wrestling in their lives. There's got to be, like, behind that smile. There's got to be this, like, man, this is a weird way to earn a living. <laughs> like, they never thought they would be here. Never in a million years when they signed that contract to work for the Jacksonville Jaguars did they think they'd be here dancing around this pantomime broom <laughs> for a wrestling man. The part that makes me laugh is their dance choreography is only for that little opening music. And then once his actual music starts, it's never in sync. And you're like, it happens every week. Like, how have you not come up with another dance for the Kenny Omega music? (laughs) I think that's the point, though, right? Like, it's supposed to be terrible because he's just the worst. Um, It just makes me laugh every time because they're doing this this perfectly timed choreographed dance to that weird intro music. When they're doing, you know, when Justin Roberts is doing his big long spiel. Right. And and then his actual music hits and they're doing like the same dance and then it doesn't match up. Then at some point they just stop and hold the brooms up. And you're like, yep. Why wouldn't you, you know, that's going to happen. Like come up with some other steps. Who who had to have this conversation with them? Like, is there like, do they have a manager? I'm sure is there a do. liaison or did Tony Khan sit down with these two young women and just I'm say, sure all right, there's a so head got, of the cheerleader so we, or something like, right. I'm sure there's someone, so, but, but how do you, expl- all right. So we've got, we've got this wrestler, right? And he's really good. And when they wrestled in Japan, they called him the cleaner. So we're going to give you guys brooms and you're going to go out there and like dance for him to come out. Oh, there's the no way they even explain that much. They're just like, here, here's your props. That do do this dance. That that's as far as oh, it went. Man. <laughs> every, every time I watch it, I just get more and more fascinated by it. It's truly incredible. It's not. It lasted like thirty seconds. We've been talking yeah. about it ten times as long as it was happening. Yeah. But, oh, I love it. All right. Stuff. Well, that's that's good. That's stuff. my closing thoughts. Anyway, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla and on Instagram at behind underscore gorilla, and. uh yeah, I don't I don't post there as much as I should. It's pretty much just episode posts and then when dynamite happens. And I don't even remember the last time Harris has posted on there. It's been 
It's been, been I sneak been on there occasionally during pay per views when you're not looking. I tweeted a few things during the Rumble as the podcast account. Oh yeah, no, I did. I the, did tweet uh, a lot during the during the Rumble. That's fair because that was the first WWE thing I watched in months, and there was a lot of things that had to be said about <laughs> about the Royal Rumble. <sighs> we don't need to get into that. Um, right, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah, that will that will take therapy and alcohol and whatever else to get through but anyway um that's neither here nor there that does it for this episode though again follow set behind underscore gorilla twitter and instagram and follow me at marky mark brand although that's really just for my job and sports tweets but if you want to go for it and then harris is also on twitter i uh, harris wilson i i i don't tweet about wrestling a ton because I won't get to watch it much for the next two months. But hey, when I can, we work it in. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. This has been another episode of Behind the Gorilla. And uh, and Harris will we'll talk to you next time. Harris will have some sort of weird topic at some point. Not sure if it'll be next week. But mm. it will be at some point. And we'll have another crazy wrestling topic for you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time.